April 3rd, 2011, the first church in Parish in Dedham, Folk Music Sunday. Laughter is the Best Medicine by the Reverend Raleigh Weaver. To be honest, I do not feel one bit funny today. Usually I choose a sermon topic and the universe lands in my lap a thousand episodes relating to the subject, all for me to use as an anecdote to illustrate my idea. Not this week. Not one funny thing happened. And I feel a great deal of pressure right now to be funny and to make you laugh. After a week of catching up on undone assignments, letting piano tunes tuners in and concert goers, being distracted by loquacious inquirers about First Church and rerouting countless misinformed funeral attendees who showed up at the church for a memorial to take place here on April 16th, I sat down at my computer to write you this missive and could find absolutely no comedic words to say. Imagine my relief when I learned that laugh yoga doesn't require anything at all comedic. The founder, Dr. Madan Katera of Laugh Yoga, which we participated some in today, promises us that laughter is available even when we are laughing at nothing at all. This is quite comforting to me for two reasons. First, because I don't feel very funny today, and secondly, because in general, I, life, I laugh quite a bit about nothing at all. This has, from time to time, gotten me in trouble. In undergraduate school, in my first student teaching experience, I was pulled aside by one of my supervising professors and told that I would never make it as a teacher if I didn't take life a bit more seriously. I knew what Dr. Schultz was talking about. My students were generally highly distractible, and I found their inadvertent annex quite amusing. For instance, when an ADHD student would quite naturally pop out of their seat when I was in the midst of explaining a complex algebra equation, I would more often than not giggle and remind them that physical education class wasn't for another hour. While my humor unnerved my supervisors time and time again, my ability to laugh at my own mistakes and joke my students out of a bad mood was an asset in building relationships with them. In my first years of ministry, my chant for laughter when I flubbed up a service endeared me to some and distracted and annoyed others. What my inadvertent laughter always offered me was a relief from stress. Laughter really is the best medicine to cheer up a sullen spirit and to distract us from otherwise taxing events. In worship, we often talk about how prayer and meditation can lift our spirits and how music can express our moods and keep us joyful. But aside from my reading or saying something humorous, we often overlook the healing power of laughter and worship. I think that is why on this first Sunday in April, in honor of April Fool's Day, Wifey suggested we focus our thoughts on the healing power of laughter. Laughter can take us out of the moment of stress and put us back on the path to hopefulness. At the end of my internship year in San Francisco, the co-ministers of the church I was serving resigned after a protracted dispute about the budget. My supervisor, the Reverend John Marsh, and his family, including his wife and three children who had grown up in that church, 
had decided to move 2,360 miles away to Rochester, New York, where John could pursue his doctorate. I was staying on as the interim director of religious education and so was asked to give a short homily of goodbye for him on their last day. Standing at the front of the church and feeling the sadness at their parting, I started to read my carefully crafted words with promises of how they wouldn't be gone forever and absence makes the heart grow fonder. As some of you know, I have dyslexia, and while most of the time I can mitigate the difficulties I experience from seeing the world a bit askew, under extreme stress, I often reverse letters and whole words with alarming ridiculosity, and that day was no exception. On that day, the day of my beloved supervisor's departure, I stood in the front of the nearly 450-member congregation, and instead of saying, we will miss you, John, we'll miss John and his family, but we know absence makes the heart grow fonder, I said, we know that abstinence makes the heart grow fonder. You can imagine the reaction. Laughter, big, loud, 450 guffaws of laughter when I said succinctly, succinctly, abstinence makes the heart grow fonder. Well, of course it does, and laughter eases pain of goodbye in ways planning and well-crafted words can't, never can. Humor and laughter can build bridges. Working as a chaplain on the psychiatry unit of Maine Medical Center in Portland, I found it difficult to connect with the doctors and psychiatric nurses on that floor. To be specific, nobody would make eye contact with me. I didn't expect the patients to be able to, but my co-workers, I hoped to develop some camaraderie. How else would I find out who might need a visit from a chaplain and who would reject it? In an attempt to endear myself to my co-workers, I smiled and sa said hello, even though my greetings were rarely returned. I went to all the staff meetings. I brought in cookies. I sat with the patients in the lounge, adding additional support during unstructured times. Nothing I did changed their reaction to me. That is until I noticed that every week at the Monday meeting, the head psychiatrist asked for a joke. I must admit, I am no good at jokes. I don't think of them off the top of my head, and I can never, ever remember them. With my joke-telling deficit, I just never volunteered. But after about a month and a half of feeling invisible, I thought my only chance would be to volunteer to tell a joke. It took me three more weeks to memorize one. And this is the joke I told. Several centuries ago, the Pope decreed that the Jews had to convert to Catholicism or leave Italy. There was a huge outcry from the Jewish community, so the Pope offered a deal. He'd have a religious debate, a debate of symbolism. If the Jews won, they could stay in Italy. If the Pope won, they'd have to convert or leave. The Jewish people met and picked an aged, wise rabbi to represent them in the debate. However, as the rabbi spoke no Italian, the Pope spoke no Yiddish, they had to agree to a silent debate. On the chosen day, the rabbi and the pope sat opposite each other. The pope raised his hand and throw, showed three fingers. 
The rabbi looked back and raised one finger. Next, the pope raised his finger and waved it over his head, and the rabbi pointed at the ground where he sat. Then the pope brought out the communion wafer and the chalice of wine, and the rabbi pulled out an apple. With that, the pope declared himself beaten and said the rabbi was too clever. The Jews could stay in Italy. Later, the cardinals met with the pope and asked him what happened. The pope said, First, I held up three fingers to represent that God is in three persons. And he responded up by holding up a single finger to remind me that God is still only one. Then I waved my finger around my head to show him that God was all around us. And the rabbi pointed at the ground, reminded me that God is right here. And then I pulled out the wine and the wafer to show that God absolves us of our sins as Christ died for our sins. And the rabbi pulled out an apple and reminded me of original sin. He bested me in every move, and so they get to stay. Meanwhile, the Jewish community gathered to ask the rabbi how he'd won. I haven't a clue, said the rabbi. First, he told me that we had three days to get out of Italy. So I gave him, a, I told him not one of us is leaving. Then he tells me that he wants all of us out of here. And I said to him, we're staying right here. Well, then what happened? The rabbi said, I'm not sure. Then he pulled out his lunch and I pulled out mine. Thank God they laughed. And from that point on, they looked me in the eye and said hello when I stopped in. Nurses would tell me who might need a visit. And I was able to offer input into meetings without anyone rolling their eyes. Life can be both funny and sad, and you can dwell in either one. You have a choice. So whether you laugh for no good reason at all or for every reason under the sun or not at all, remember that laughter really is good medicine. Aside from the benefits listed in our readings today, one study also suggested that laughter at mealtimes lowered blood sugar in diabetics. People who laugh more are often statistically slower to anger. And one study I read even promised that laughing, which improves blood flow, would improve your complexion. So let us praise laughter. Let us choose this drug to lift our spirits and go from this place with our, a smile on our upturned faces.